I am Theodora, and you are listening to Spiritual Slut, the shameless podcast for a woman who are unapologetically sexual and spiritual. Spiritual Slut. <laughs> <laughs> Spiritual slut. Spiritual slut. Hello, my beautiful friends. Welcome to the second episode of Spiritual Slut, the podcast. I am your host, Theodora, and I am thrilled to have you with me today. And so, in this episode, I would like to talk to you about masturbation as meditation and astral sex. <laughs> and so, first things first, let's define meditation. According to the medical dictionary, meditation is a practice of concentrated focus upon a sound object, visualization, the breath, movement or attention itself in order to increase awareness of the present moment, reduce stress, promote relaxation and enhance personal and spiritual growth. Here we go, spiritual growth, that's exactly what we're looking for. So let's keep reading. Purpose. Meditation benefits people with or without acute medical illness or stress. People who meditate regularly have been shown to feel less anxiety and depression. They also report that they experience more enjoyment and appreciation of life and that their relationships with others are improved. Also something we're interested in, relationships improvement. Meditation can be used with other forms of medical treatment and is an important complementary therapy for both treatment and prevention of many stress-related conditions. Regular meditation can reduce the number of symptoms experienced by patients with a wide range of illnesses and disorders. So basically meditation is also amazing for your physical health. Origins Meditation techniques have been practiced for a millennia. These include the contemplative practices of Christian religious orders, the Buddhist practice of sitting meditation, and the whirling movements of the Sufi dervishes. See, so meditation is actually older than our Western medicine. And speaking of which, there has been more interest in the use of meditation in medicine. Meditative practices are increasingly offered in medical clinics and hospitals as a tool for improving health and quality of life. So to tell you about my personal story with meditation, I actually started because of health problems and because of chronic pain. And, you know, I was taking pills and painkillers, but after some time, your system gets used to it and it doesn't work anymore. And so I was interested in hypnosis, namely Ericksonian hypnosis to take away the pain. And for those of you who have followed my work as a porn producer, I have produced erotic hypnosis videos. And that's where it came from. I started with hypnosis and I realized I could reach these states without the hypnosis part without the mental you know trick that the speech from the hypnosis is so i started uh, meditating on my own that's how i came to meditation 
And so this form of meditation that I was doing was mindfulness meditation as opposed to transcendental meditation. To sum it up, uh, transcendental meditation comes from the Vedic Indian tradition. And in transcendental meditation, you have to focus on a mantra, a word or a syllab that you will repeat. And repeating this word or mantra will allow you to bypass the sensations or emotions that might arise. And so the other form of meditation, which is mindfulness meditation, is the one that I've practiced in which you are allowed to observe your sensations and emotions without judging them, but you're allowed to observe them nonetheless. In this regard, um, mindfulness meditation may seem less strict than transcendental meditation in the sense that you are allowed to observe your feelings, your emotions, whatever arises inside of you instead of focusing strictly on words or mantras as they're called. However, where it can be strict in some practices, for example, in Zen meditation, is the posture. Whereas Buddhist meditation doesn't require you to hold a posture that strict. You can do it sitting, but you don't have to. You can actually practice Buddhist meditation while laying down, for example. And when you're in pain, at least that was my case, I was lying down when I started practicing. So that was my first approach to meditation per se, as in full-on meditation for one hour or longer. Aside from the full-on meditation sessions that uh, I was doing, I managed to reach meditative states through dancing and through movement. And so if you've practiced Tai Chi or yoga before, maybe you know what I mean by meditative states through movement. But for me, for me was through dancing primarily because I didn't, I never did yoga. I never did Tai Chi or anything like this. But um, the way I was working out, doing my ballet exercises on my mat, it would look very similar to yoga. But what was important there was that it was the only moment when I could manage to connect to my sensations without judging them. I would be in the movement and in the moment without being disturbed by any thoughts or emotions. I would be fully present and fully aware of what I was doing. And this was how I developed mindfulness meditation, but without being aware of doing it, if it makes sense. I don't know if you practice one or the other form of meditation. Maybe you don't practice meditation at all. That's perfectly fine. We're not here to judge. Myself, I didn't practice meditation consciously, at least until very recently. I was one of these people who thought that meditation was boring, you know, because I had this idea of, you know, sitting still, doing nothing, the eyes closed, nothing going on in the brain being bored <laughs> but um, it's actually a bit more complicated than this but I didn't see it this way at the time and for someone who's somewhat of an hyperactive it's like I don't have ADHD but 
<laughs> I could. I'm very close, really super active. I like to dance and move around and work out and do things with my body and have projects and be busy and see friends and, and do stuff. So meditating until recently was not something I could easily imagine doing. So yeah, I thought meditation was boring and even more so because I saw my mother <laughs> meditate and uh, she practiced and she still does Buddhist meditation, which doesn't really require you to sit still in a very precise posture. Some forms of meditation are more demanding, like the Zazen, Japanese Zazen meditation requires you to have the exact same posture of sitting a certain way and you have to Like it's part of the Japanese discipline, I guess. But if you don't have this posture, it's like you're not doing it correctly, at least not their way. But Buddhism is a bit more flexible, I guess. So because my mom has chronic pain, she would not be able to sit still in this precise posture. So she would meditate, lay down. So obviously from the outside, it would seem very boring. You would believe like, oh, she's sleeping again or what is she doing? And from a very young age, that's all I would see, you know. And even though I was probably practicing meditation without being aware of it, I didn't actually make the effort to sit still, to practice it. So for me, it was like, ah, oh, it's boring. And also, side note, my Mars is in Aquarius. So I tend to reject everything that I see people doing. And I, I like to do things my own way, and especially a different way if possible, and be, you know, the rebel of the zodiac that my Mars and Mars is the planet of action so that's it for them the astrological side note and so it turned out I did attain meditative states anyway and I started being interested by these meditative states and research it but I didn't want to practice the boring still sitting meditation so I was like maybe I can actually you know reach these meditative states through movement after all I'm a dancer so I know how to use my body and when I dance nothing else exists I feel really connected to my own body and to my sensation and I'm able to observe without judging and I guess that's the basis of meditation the ability to observe the sensation without judging without intellectualizing too much and without processing too much with the brain which is what you're trying to turn off because when you start judging and intellectualizing the movement you're starting to use your your left brain which is your rational brain as opposed to your intuitive side of the brain and so at first I as a dancer I attained these states when I was dancing for people in companies and performing But something was missing. I didn't feel like as connected to a higher planes that I did when I started stripping. Because dancing on stage in a strip club, it felt like I was able to express myself sensually, sexually, without judgment. Because censorship as to what moves are politically correct or not doesn't exist in the environment of a strip club. It's just pure sexual expression. And I was allowed 
loud and it was requested of me that I express myself in a sexual way. And so expressing my sensuality freely was, I think it raised my vibration and it allowed me to reach higher planes of consciousness. It was sort of a meditative state because unlike, unlike dancing a choreographed piece, it's more like improvisation and when I improvise on stage which is you know you have no choreograph show you just go with the flow you do what you feel like doing on the music which most of the time you can't schedule so you don't know what music you're gonna have unless you have a really nice DJ that will put your music on but that's not a given in all clubs and even though you're not gonna have the same songs of yours all the time there will be times where you won't have your music so you can't really have a choreography so you're just by yourself and with your own freedom of sexual expression if if I can say and so that's how I started to reach these meditative states without being aware of it but I felt like wow this is so elevating and that's the one thing the one reason I kept working as a stripper I mean of course the earning potential is amazing <laughs> let's be real but uh, the other reason was being on stage I felt such a different energy than dancing for people I mean it's so rewarding to dance ballets that are choreographed sometimes by famous artists so you have this notion of you know dancing an art piece and you have the public applauding you at the end so it's a whole different kind of enjoyment and also it's widely accepted by society so it's a nice thing to be but in terms of freedom of expression something was missing maybe because I wasn't choreographing my own shows my own pieces and I'm pretty sure if some choreographers out there are listening and are able to dance and choreograph their own pieces they're probably reaching these higher planes of consciousness that I managed myself to reach on the strip club stage and so of course this is my story but um, not all strippers, dancers, show performers, adult actresses are the same you know I found my place of high vibe let's say on the pole on the strip club stage <laughs> but some will find their high vibe place in front of a camera on the porn set or in front of their webcam in the comfort of their own house or it could very well be a bedroom with your client in a hotel if that's what makes you feel empowered and embody your sexuality it's all about how that makes you feel regardless of what society thinks of this precise work that you're doing be it sex work or not and so I want to say again not all women need to go to these lengths of sexual exploration because I might have made a career out of it but that doesn't mean that you need to too you can find this feeling of sexual expression pretty much anywhere as long as you feel free to explore you know you can be dancing in nature which is great for anchoring <laughs> more on this later it can be in your living room with your headphones on blasting some techno or R&B or Beyonce or whatever <laughs> whatever you feel like listening or or in the shower or in nightclubs but the regular kind as long as you feel free to explore and move and express yourself with your body 
body without restricting yourself, without judging yourself for being too sensual or too sexual or being too bloated or not being like in the perfect shape. When you stop judging yourself, that's when your sexuality starts to express itself. And by sexuality, what I really mean is sexual energy, this true fire within you when it starts expressing itself. That's where in my opinion that's where your true power lies as a woman and so to me reaching this heightened state through through sexual expression it was a sort of trigger and i was i wondered if i could translate this in other disciplines in other activities and so i started working out with the goal of reconnecting to my body deeper like for sure it's nice to have a practice where you have like this freedom of sexual expression but i guess i was looking to deepen my connection to my own body through working out and being focused in a way that would allow me to develop other skills like strength balance flexibility all the qualities you need as a dancer I thought I would be able to develop them using this heightened state of consciousness that I had found through a less disciplined practice, so to speak. So I was like, maybe I can incorporate this energy and this precise state in my practice in a more focused and disciplined practice. And so again, for those of you who practice yoga or have been practicing for many years, this will sound like the obvious, but I wasn't there yet. I just discovered this state and I discovered that I could incorporate this mindfulness meditation because that's what it was in my practice. So what I was doing was some sort of, let's say, dancer's yoga, because I don't do yoga again, but uh, what I do is more like some, some kind of Pilates with uh, strength conditioning exercises for dancers basically so I was doing these with the intent of enjoying myself like not judging myself for not being as flexible as the previous day or as strong as the week before or more bloated because that's my period week or whatever I was just focusing on my my bodily sensations without judging them or myself for them if it makes any sense because what I understood from this is that when you judge yourself, you're letting your left brain take over as opposed to your right brain, which is the intuitive side. And that prevents you from reaching higher planes of consciousness because then you are stuck in the rational way of thinking. And so it took me a while to actually manage to work out without judging myself because it feels like um, I mean, I have a Western education and so in Western society, you tend to be taught to only use your rational brain and your critical thinking as opposed to your intuitive thinking. So for me, it was totally unnatural to suddenly give up on these mental processes that were happening while I was working out. And when you think about it, it's actually quite weird that it would be harder for me to not judge myself when I was alone than when I was actually in front of people half naked or even fully naked on the stage. For some reason, the fact that it was required of me to be sexual helped me to allow myself to be so. Whereas when I was on my own, I was actually my, my worst judge. I was being, it, it shows you how deep the societal conditioning runs, you know. So it took me a while to 
get away from this. And I think sex work really helped me to distance myself from this societal conditioning that we all have to an extent, at least in the Western world. And I want to say even more so as an artist, even though it should be the exact opposite, but I feel like being an artist these days, probably due to social media, is extra hard due to the fact that you are actually discouraged from using your right side of the brain, which is your creative side of the brain, the intuitive side. And what I mean by discouraged is that you are being judged on these platforms. You are subjected to these unrealistic expectations of perfection on all angles and at all times, which is totally impossible. And so being myself an artist using social media, I use it as a tool. And of course, I too have this pressure of looking perfect on all the pictures from all angles every single day. But we all know this isn't realistic. And not only it's not realistic, but it totally shuts down the right side of your brain because the more you criticize yourself and the less you can actually elevate your vibration and connect to higher planes, simply. And so I get it, not everyone uses their image as a job, but the pressure is felt or can be felt just the same. I'm just speaking from experience here and also because for me and adult entertainers in general, there's the added financial pressure of, you know, the fact that we make a living from the way we look or the way our bodies look on camera. So once I stopped being so hard on myself all the damn time, I mean, don't get me wrong, being able to film ourselves so easily is a great tool for monitoring progress in whatever discipline or art. You know, be it ballet, pole dancing, bodybuilding, whatever. Once I stopped constantly criticizing myself or noticing the tiniest flaws, like my left glute is bigger than the right one, my abs aren't showing at this time of my cycle, etc., etc., not only I was more focused on the movement and better at whatever I was doing, but I started really enjoying it and I started to take pleasure being in my body. And again, I'm very aware that I might look conventionally attractive being an athlete, a professional dancer and performer. But again, that doesn't mean we performers or we dancers feel happy in our bodies. And that doesn't mean everyone who isn't conforming to the society's norms of what's supposed to be sexually attractive or aesthetically pleasing in terms of body shape can't find pleasure in their own bodies. So I guess what I mean is that regardless of the relationship society has with your appearance, you can free yourself from judgment, including your own, actually most importantly your own, in order to find back that childish innocence of just being you. The only difference is, you know, you now are an adult, a woman, a sexual being, and again, I'm just sharing my personal experience as a woman, but uh, whatever your gender is, if you identify as a woman too, or grew up as one, I'm sure you understand what I'm talking about. So now you're a sexual being with all the power that comes with it. And so that should be celebrated in everything that you do, every form of bodily expression, every form of physical activity. And that includes, last but not least, masturbation. So by definition, masturbation is your moment of self-gratification, your me time. So you are totally focused on yourself and your own pleasure. 
being focused on yourself and your own pleasure only means exactly that. No distractions, no parasitic thoughts, no grocery shopping list crossing your mind, no negative criticism, nor judgment on your, say, the cellulite growing on your thighs, your sagging left breast or inverted right nipple or whatever. You're just, you know, being present in the moment, enjoying your sensations, being in your body. And this is totally a form of mindfulness meditation. Now, this is probably something you were already doing naturally. And if not, the good news is you can always get there with practice, just like with yoga, just like with Buddhist meditation, just like with any practice, uh, actually. If you give it a bit of time and um, dedication, you will definitely make progress. I actually feel like this form of mindfulness meditation, at least to me, it's way easier than any other form, probably because I am a natural at sex. <laughs> I've always felt very liberated in my own sexuality and even more so when it comes to, you know, my own pleasure. Anyway, what I mean is that if sex is natural to you, which it should be after all, it's the most natural thing in the world. If it's natural to you or more accurately, if masturbation feels natural and comfortable to you, then you have already access to not only a form of mindfulness meditation, but access to other planes of consciousness. In other words, you have access to astral sex. And so what is astral sex? Well, if you're not familiar with the notion of astral realm, which is 5D, in the first episode of Spiritual Slut, the podcast, I talk about how I became familiar with this realm, this 5D plane of consciousness, where all the emotions are happening. But long story short, just like you have a physical body in 3D in the material world, you have an emotional body, an astral body, as it's called, in 5D. So your emotions aren't something tangible that you can touch with your fingers, but it's however something that you can feel, whether they belong to you or if you're an empath, which I feel more and more of us in our generation are, to other people. From my perspective, and even being the adult performer that I am, because I also happen to be human and I do have a private sex life that looks nothing like what I do in front of a camera, sex is by far one of the most intense, uh, I want to say activity, it's not the right word, it's not even a place, but um, anyway, it's what can give you the most intense feelings and sensations, the most powerful physical sensations in your body on one hand and the most intense emotional feelings on the other. When you are raising your frequency, your vibration, when you reach 5D, and again, 5D is in a place that you can reach by jet, it's a dimension that you can reach by raising your frequency. When you reach 5D, especially while masturbating, you are entering a state of self-awareness where you can be fully connected to your own emotions, your own astral body. You can then allow yourself to feel what your soul wants to feel in the moment. You are being present. When you masturbate in the state of self-awareness, of mindfulness, you are actually doing <laughs> a 5D masturbation and you will notice that 
you have as much power over your emotional feelings in 5D that you do have over your physical sensations in 3D, which means you have the power to make yourself feel good. You have the power to make yourself experience amazing, pleasurable sensations on all dimensions. And again, this comes with practice, but everyone, and yes, that means you, even though you didn't have a previous spiritual education whatsoever, everyone has the ability to feel and access their astral bodies for we all have an astral body just like we all have a physical body we all do otherwise you would only be a breathing meat code with no emotions <laughs> we can all agree on the fact that there's more to just our physical bodies contrary to whatever most governments are trying to make you believe i'll just say this again because it's so important you are i'm sorry you have more than just a physical body you also have an astral body and many other bodies the etheric body the mental body the cosmic body and many other bodies which will we'll discuss on a later episode because I know that's a lot of information and I've been there, I've been where you are. But first and foremost, before you can access and understand your other bodies, it's important that you are first familiar with your astral body, just like you are with your physical body. I'm sure most of you have learned their own pleasure, their own sexuality by exploring their physical bodies while masturbating, exploring the sensation. Well, that's the same, I guess, with with the astral body. Allow yourself to feel and to explore and to make yourself feel good. And again, feeling good in that case, being non-physical, will be felt in the form of emotions. The sensations belong to the physical and the emotions belong to the astral. So astral sex, <laughs> well, just like you can have astral masturbation and connect an emotion to a physical sensation, for example, and this will be the easiest to relate to, I believe, connecting love to physical pleasure and feel this feeling of love in your astral body and how it manifests in your physical body, how it expresses in physical sensations. Well, you can also have astral sex, provided you have a consenting partner that also has developed their 5D consciousness. Again, if you would like to learn more about connecting to other people in 5D, how to connect to other people's astral body, have a listen to the first episode of Spiritual Slut, the podcast where I talk about this extensively. And well, once you are comfortable connecting to other people in 5D, if they are comfortable in 5D as well, and if they are able to receive and so sense whatever you are sending them in 5D, well, then you are actually sexting in 5D. <laughs> yeah. That's it. It's better than sexting on the phone because you will feel what the other person wants to make you feel. And if you have developed your mediumship enough, you'll be able to see whatever images they're sending you. You will be able to hear them say whatever they want to say, for example, whisper to you in your astral ear. And you can do the same to them. It does take practice and I myself have only been able to experience this quite recently and it's been quite the challenge 
not in the sense that it was difficult to receive or to send, but in the sense that to be able to receive clearly, you need some discernment. And it's difficult sometimes to to be able to figure out if you are imagining or actually receiving. And that's, for me, that's the definition of mediumship. I would say the difference between mediumship and imagination is discernment. And that's how you'll be able to know exactly if you are receiving something from your partner or if you are fantasizing and imagining because imagination lacks discernment and is usually serving either your ego or your mind, your rezoning, your mental processes. Whereas mediumship is not about judging or intellectualizing or you know, satisfying a desire, it's purely neutral. And that for me was the difficult part, you know, be able to make the difference between imagination and mediumship. And I feel like once you get this part figured out, that's when your mediumship tremendously evolves. So for those of you who believe that mediumship is for only a select few that can or have a spiritual education or a spiritual family, well, there's hope. I feel like sexuality is the easiest and the fastest way to improve your mediumship in your connection to other planes because there is this sort of potency of the emotions in 5D and the sort of emergency of these feelings these urges. I feel like this is such a primal need to understand sexuality for ourselves and for others. It's such an important thing for us humans that this is a great mean to... Because I feel like most of us, that's how we humans are. If we don't have an important reason or an urge to work on something, be it mediumship or whatever, we won't work on it because there is no urge, no emergency. But because these intense feelings that you can feel through sexuality, through love, through sex, through all these emotions, through this emergency, through this urge, that primal need of us, we can actually evolve. I feel like this is a great way to practice and and improve our mediumship. At least to me, it was clearly a key in in working on my own mediumship and practicing because it's not obvious to want to practice this and to practice with who and in which context. But with sexuality or if you love someone and you wonder how they feel, you connect to them and then you check. If you desire someone and you're in a relationship, but it is a long distance relationship, then there is this urge to connect to the person. And that's when you can use mediumship and 5D to fulfill your emotional and yeah, sexual needs too. I say sexual, but it's not only physical, it's also astral, if it makes any sense. So, well, the very reason why I started this podcast is because I firmly believe that there is a whole part of our sexuality that is actually spiritual and that we tend to neglect. Or maybe not us, but our society and our culture and how our society promotes sexuality through porn, through art, through commercials. It's like sexuality isn't portrayed as something spiritual at all, but I think it's a mistake. I think 
think sexuality is inherently spiritual, especially when you are deeply connected to what you are doing. When you are actually mindful in your sexuality, it is spiritual by essence. I feel it's one of the most important things in life for a human being. It's what makes us human. It is one of the way that we connect to one another very deeply through through love also because it's something that's intertwined with sex. I mean, it wouldn't have the same flavor, would it? I say love, but I feel like there are so many different sorts of love. I don't feel like there's only one way to love. And this is probably going to be the topic of the next episode. But for now, I just wanted to say that for me, sexuality is inherently spiritual and that, yeah, it's a mistake to portray it as just a physical activity when the physical body is only one of your seven bodies. That was a lot of information. So... I hope you had a great time listening to this episode. If you've learned something interesting, if you took pleasure in listening to my voice telling you all those things that I experienced and sharing this with you guys, please subscribe to the podcast and consider joining our mailing list to get access to exclusive content, bonuses, secret episodes, and so much more. The link is in the show notes and it's spiritualslut.io. I'd love for you to leave a review as it helps me produce more content like this for you. Let me know in the reviews what you loved the most and what you'd love to hear more of. I will read my favorite comments on the episode. Thank you so much for listening. It was my pleasure to share this with you. And I will see you on the next episode. Mwah.